Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Hot Healthy Never Hungry. Today, we are kicking off the second part to our series on losing weight as you age. Last week, we talked a lot about menopause and really a lot of the body and diet changes that specifically happen that make it more difficult to manage our weight and more importantly, change our body composition. On today's episode, we are picking up where we left off and I'm going to share five easy habits that you can begin to implement to lose fat in your 40s. If you're pre-menopausal, going through menopause, and even these tips work if you're post-menopausal as well. I also just want to point out that these tips are not just for women in menopause. Anyone who listens to today's episode will highly benefit from these tips. These are all things that I use with all of my clients. These are things I use in my own life as a registered dietitian that cares about gut health, that cares about my metabolism, that of course wants to look and feel my best and maintain my health as well. So I'm really excited. We're going to talk about five easy tips. Let's get right into it. The first tip on this list, ladies, is I want you to eat more naked, healthful foods. And we're going to describe what naked means. We want you to eat more naked, healthful foods and less processed foods as part of one of the really important tips and strategies and really habits that you need to focus on if you want to lose weight, especially in your 40s. Now, I wanted to use the word naked because I actually used it in some social media content lately. And I know it really resonated with a lot of women, but I think it's a really interesting and fun way to describe food. Usually I've used the words like process and unprocessed. That's what you would see in a book or a research study. But I actually like to refer to these foods as naked foods, meaning there's not a lot done to these foods. They are foods that you're shopping the perimeter of the grocery store. They are not really altered. There's not much added to them. And while I love quick and convenient food products, they can be tremendously helpful. I'm talking like the middle aisles and even in the produce section, in the meat section, you know, things that are done for you that make your life a little bit easier. I want you to prioritize more naked, healthful foods, meaning foods that haven't been processed because when you're eating those foods, that means you are preparing them yourself. And while I don't expect you to make every single meal from scratch, and of course, having foods that make cooking easier, that save you time in the kitchen are incredibly important. When you are going through a transitional change, like what happens in your 40s and how your body changes, your hormones changes, we discussed, it impacts how you metabolize and process food. The basics of healthy eating are even more important. The stakes are even higher. And I always put it this way. You might have gotten, quote unquote, with eating less nourishing, more processed foods throughout your entire childhood, maybe in your early to late 20s, and it wasn't as big of a problem. And it's not that you can't have these foods, but when you are lacking the essential vitamins, minerals, and nutrients in your diet that you get through these wholesome foods, and I'm not talking about processed foods that have added fiber in them, guys. I'm talking about like the unadultered, unchanged foods that are really nourishing for us. And I'm going to give you examples. It is incredibly helpful and powerful for our health. And really when it comes to losing weight as we age, yes, calories are important, but those healthful foods are giving our body nutrition and nutrients that we specifically need to support our metabolic health, to support our body composition, to support our hormone functioning. 
So having those foods is really important. Plus, I have some research to back this up, guys. One of the biggest diet recommendations and dietary patterns that have been studied is the Mediterranean diet. Now, I think a lot of people are sometimes shocked that I use the word diet because diet sounds like a trigger word. It's like, oh, like no one wants to go on a diet. Diets are bad. But I like almost taking back that word diet because diet can mean so many things. Diet doesn't just mean a juice cleanse you're doing before your wedding. Diet doesn't just mean getting on some very restrictive program that is very low in calories and has like these crazy food combinations. No, diet is the way that you eat. And in nutritional research, what's cool to understand is we actually study dietary patterns. I've talked about that a lot on the podcast before. And one of the dietary patterns that is like the most I don't want to say most studied, but there's a lot of research. We see a lot of benefit. We put a big spotlight on it because we see how this pattern impacts health is the Mediterranean diet. Now, while this episode isn't solely focused on the Mediterranean diet, I did just want to pop on and say this diet specifically for women going through menopause has been highly studied and is usually a dietary pattern and approach that I try to weave into whatever my recommendations are to my clients. If you're new to this dietary pattern and you haven't like looked up the Mediterranean diet on Google yet, let me give you the down low. So this dietary approach basically emphasizes having better quality nutrition in your diet and usually emphasizes increasing how many whole grains you have, how many nuts, fruits, veggies you eat, how many whole fat dairy products you have, and also healthful fats, especially things like olive oil. In particular, when we're talking about what it emphasizes, It also de-emphasizes things like sugar-sweetened beverages and processed foods. I also can't help but think of the Mediterranean diet because when you see like a visual of it, it usually is like fatty fish, like salmon, and like olive oil and really healthful foods. There's less meat and things like steak are not really as part of this dietary pattern. And when I say pattern, it isn't like a diet. You can only have this food. You can't have this food. It's more about switching your focus to emphasizing more of these plant-based, high-fiber, very nourishing fat source foods. And there is, you know, a decent amount of protein in this diet and especially whole grains and healthful grain products on that pack fiber in them. And then really decreasing the consumption of things like sugar, sweetened beverages, processed food choices, red meat, that kind of stuff. So that is a really helpful dietary approach that we often recommend when it comes to menopause. So being able to emphasize more of those foods is tremendously going to help you. And before we move on to the next tip, there was actually something cool I wanted to share with you guys because the Mediterranean diet actually is not a low-carb diet. I think a lot of times when people think there's more fat, there's salmon and fatty fish and things like olive oil and nuts and seeds and those types of things, whole fat dairy products, a lot of people think, oh, well, this is a low-carb diet. It is not a low-carb diet because we want you to emphasize whole grains, fruits, and veggies and all of these very, very healthful food choices. That being said, we typically for menopausal women, I don't particularly love a very low carb approach. I think you have to find like your tolerance as it relates to like your blood sugar and what works for your body. I think a lot of times women, because of the era that they grew up in, can be afraid of carbs when that really isn't the problem here. But typically with a diet like this, I recommend usually anywhere between 40 to 50% of carbohydrate intake. Some studies can suggest a lower intake of fat, say like 20 to 30%, depending on where you're at. But honestly, we talk about in all of the podcast episodes, having a balanced diet is really important. Having a whole variety of carbs, proteins, and fats, because all of those macronutrients are essential to our body, are really important. Where you fall, depending on your lifestyle, your habits, and your food preferences is going to look different person to person. 
But we just kind of have those numbers in mind because I don't want you on really polar opposite and really kind of all over the place scattered. But more of the story, the goal is to eat more healthful, naked food products, less processed food products, and it will tremendously help you lose fat in your 40s and beyond. The second easy habit I want you to implement for fat loss as you're going through menopause, you are approaching menopause, and especially in your 40s, is I want you to focus on a higher protein intake. I talk about protein all the time. Protein is literally not the most important macronutrient because all of them are important, all of them are essential. But when it comes to body composition, when it comes to aging, protein is king. Like my mind immediately goes to if you're coming to me wanting to lose weight inside of one of our programs, I'm like, okay, how much protein are you eating right now? Because that's the first thing we want to knock out of the ballpark if you're trying to change your body, change your health, and change your composition and age gracefully and healthfully. So when it comes to our protein intake as we get older, we talked about it in the last part of this series. It is so incredibly important. We require more protein for the hormonal changes, the body composition changes, for blood sugar management. We literally require more protein so you can prevent the muscle loss as you age, all the stuff we discussed. But now that you are in your 40s, your body has changed or you're going through these changes or you're about to go through these changes, what's also important to recognize is now that you are losing fat, independent of your age, just the fact that you want to lose body fat independently will increase the amount of protein that you need because that specific goal, when you are putting your body or trying to put your body in a calorie deficit, which is the only way that fat loss occurs, by the way, when you are in a calorie deficit, you are going to inherently lose more muscle mass because the process of losing fat, what's important to remember is you have fat reserves in your body. Fat is not just there because, oh, aesthetics, <laughs> it's just there for no purpose. Like everything serves a purpose in your body and that excess body fat you have that you're trying to lose, that body fat is reserved. So when you are not eating, that's why we have fat to like save us for those days and we pull into those fat sources as a source of energy, especially when we are in a deficit. So when you are pulling into those fat stores, what also happens is you also pull into your muscle stores. That's just inherently what happens when we're trying to lose weight. So that's why independently of age, you do require more protein when in a deficit to be able to keep that muscle mass and support your body's functions. Because also protein is important for our health just in general. So we have a baseline amount of protein, but then we have this whole aspect of weight loss increases how much protein we need. And then we have this whole aspect of age and a lot of the hormonal body changes that are going on in your 40s and beyond. And then you require even more protein. So it's not that I want you eating 300 grams of protein a day. Definitely not the focus, guys. Obviously, inside of our program, especially Fit Body, we help customize what your protein goals are and help you slowly ease up to the amount of protein that you need by looking at your diet and looking at you know the modifications and changes that we can make to improve the quality of your diet, work towards the more naked, healthful foods, but also ensure that you're eating the right amount of protein. Of course, if you are looking for more support with this, I highly suggest you click the apply button in the show notes. We can have a conversation on if you're a good fit for the program. And of course, um, give you that support so you can ensure that you are eating the right amount of foods and right amount of protein for your goals. But when it comes to a high protein diet, what's important to understand is getting it consistently throughout the day and getting sufficient amounts of meals is usually the approach I take with any woman trying to lose weight in her 40s. So you leaving this episode today, ensuring every meal you're getting a significant source of protein on your plate, you're making sure it's on your plate in the first place is really going to help. Plus, what's really cool about protein is protein inherently makes fat loss easier, especially as we do get older. We burn more calories breaking down protein, and it also is a double whammy because it helps you get fuller quicker. So you're getting fuller quicker, you're burning more calories eating it, and we also require more. 
So it is just like a win, 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 win. Protein is incredibly important. You need to ensure you're eating the correct amount of protein and also enough protein because that is really what I see for many women as they get older, as their diets change, their habits change, their food preferences may change. That usually is the food that sometimes they are not eating enough of. Well, not sometimes, usually most of the times not eating enough of, especially as these menopausal changes happen. And they might eat like more snacks instead of meals. The third tip on some easy habits I'd love for you to implement to lose fat in your 40s is exercising in a way that you enjoy. Now, I could have sat here and put strength training. I know how important protein is for muscle mass, and I know how important exercise and strength training and strength training plus protein is for muscle mass. But when I think about my clients, when I think about women as we get older, inevitably, our life, we go through ebbs and flows and changes in the type of exercise we do, the intensity it does. Maybe we haven't been a big exercise person. We're trying to improve our health. We know it's important for us. And I think there is benefit to all types of exercise, cardiovascular exercise, strength-based exercise, you know, changes our body composition, and everything in between. It could be swimming, it could be biking, it could be walking, one of my favorite forms of movement. But I really think, especially when it comes to changing your habits, you have to find pleasure in what you are doing and finding a way of movement. Maybe it's a dance class. Maybe it's like a water aerobics class. It literally could be anything. Zumba, I don't care what it is, guys. If you are not moving your body and you are interested in losing fat in your 40s or you're interested in losing fat in your 40s and beyond, but you move, but maybe it's not consistent, really commit yourself to an exercise that you enjoy. And it's not about challenging yourself, feeling like you have to go hard in the paint at some like crazy CrossFit workout. No, it's about finding something that you can stick to and really holding yourself to it and doing exercises that you actually enjoy as part of your weekly routine. Now, When it comes to recommendations for exercise, we find that women in their 40s and 50s, the recommendations is to include around 150 minutes of aerobic activity a week. And on top of that aerobic activity, there are specific recommendations for resistance-based training. Typically, the recs are two or more days per week. But for postmenopausal women, the recommendations actually change to three days per week. So instead of two or more, we want you to get in three. I often give the recommendation in general for like three to four days of strength activity. And really, like these are general recs. Obviously, it depends on the person. It depends on your lifestyle. depends on medical circumstances. But moral of the story, doing a whole variety of exercise, not just one form of movement, would be the goal. But obviously, when I think about people like my mom and my family and other loved ones in my life that are older and just even women that I work with, everyone's circumstance is different. Recently, my mom was going on walks and I'm like, Yes, for what's going on in her life. I'm like, that is amazing. I wouldn't expect her to go to the gym with where she is personally at in her journey and pressure her to be like, you got to lift weights three days a week because that just isn't going to fit what's going on in her life right now. And I think the same can be true for so many different women out there. So, as much as we have these recommendations, and of course, I would love every single woman to do it, I also am a realist and I like to meet people with where they're at. But yes, if I was in your shoes, Depending on the circumstance, I would try to get not just my walks, not just aerobic activity, but I would also try to get in my strength training per week, especially because that strength training is so important because we had talked about in the last part of the series, episode one, that there's a natural decline in muscle mass as we age and why resistance-based exercise, strength-based exercise is so important is it counteracts this loss by actually promoting growth and actually promoting maintenance. But I think we often think about with lifting weights, 
is, oh, I'm lifting weights, I'm growing muscle. But actually lifting weights can also help you maintain your muscle. To grow muscle takes a lot of effort and strategy and planning. And not that maintenance doesn't take a lot of effort, strategy and planning, but how frequent your sessions are, what your sessions look like will basically determine if you're growing or you're maintaining alongside a lot of the diet stuff. So ensuring that you are doing this type of exercise actually has a lot of health benefits in addition to the body composition benefits. Plus, I just have to add that having more muscle increases your metabolic rate, which would lead to more, slightly more calorie burn at rest, which anything helps as we get older and obviously helps with fat loss. Okay, the fourth tip I have for you that I think is a really important one is creating a nighttime routine that's going to increase your chances of sleep. Now, the loved ones in my life, the people that I work with, that I care for so deeply, I understand things like hot flashes, things like sleep disruptions, all the hormonal changes really can impact not only nighttime routine, but what you're used to. You go from maybe having kids before, and then now you're entering this premenopausal period and you're like, oh my gosh, and maybe you're like in menopause and it's like, my sleep is just not the same. You're going through that moment again as if like you have a newborn. So. One of the things that I think is really important is not just trying to say like improve your sleep. I think that can be actually really not helpful as someone that has struggled with my sleep before. But instead, I think it's really about creating routines and finding what is going to work for you, but also just making it a priority. I've also worked with a lot of women where I feel like sleep was not the priority for them and some of the habits that were disrupting their sleep. We're actually not like the big things like eat more healthful foods, have a high protein intake, exercise. Like they were doing a lot of those things, but it was things they didn't even realize that were sabotaging them. And sleep is really the foundation for health and is absolutely the foundation for hormonal health and improving body composition because a lot of the diet and exercise recommendations and really exercise, putting a spotlight on it for a second, sleep is when you recover from exercise. That's part of you know how your body is literally recovering from the inflammation movement that happens as a result of exercise. So when you are not getting adequate sleep, it really can disrupt so much even blood sugar management. So some of my best tips for improving sleep are the following. I was going to do like a rapid fire list for you guys. Number one, the most important one, honestly, is limiting, not excluding, but limiting and being very mindful of your alcohol and or caffeine intake. And why this is particularly important as we get older is it can trigger hot flashes and we know it can disrupt sleep in general. So being mindful of your caffeine and alcohol intake. And if you're anything like me, not menopausal (laughs) way before I got pregnant, guys, gosh, when I would even have like too much alcohol or even just one glass of wine, especially right before I got pregnant, I would literally feel my body not sleeping the same. I would wake up feeling different. I was grinding my teeth overnight, literally all because of one glass of wine. So I know we often think, you know, having the wine is going to make us sleep better, but really being mindful of these types of stimulants are incredibly important, especially alcohol. Having a regular sleep routine. So trying to have goals around when you go to sleep, when you start to wind down, what the amount of hours look like as best as you can is really going to help you. Now, I know as you try to figure out and not every night is the same, you're talking to someone who last night, pregnancy pains kept me up and my sleep was kind of disrupted and all over the place. Things happen, shit happens. But having a regular sleep routine is really going to help you because it's something that you can go back to and it's really going to help create these patterns because you almost have to like train yourself to have good sleep. And the last tip I have for you regarding good sleep is considering adding magnesium-rich foods to your diet. 
These are foods that we know, and there's a lot of research on them promoting and helping sleep. I also think about magnesium supplementation if someone's really having difficulty with sleep. Now, I really like to take these holistic approaches, and obviously this podcast is not medical advice, so please consult your doctor if you're going to take anything. But you could certainly talk to your doctor about if you're really having trouble sleeping, what perhaps adding in a magnesium-rich supplement could help you out and potentially be something to explore. Okay, the fifth habit I really want you to focus on to lose weight in your 40s beyond is fiber. Fiber is one of those foods. I know we talk a lot about protein. We talk a lot about fiber for weight loss in general, but especially as we get older, fiber is really one of those foods that I absolutely, when I think about my clients, when I think about looking at their diets, usually when I first begin working with them, fiber is usually like the nutrient that I specifically notice they are not having enough of, especially if they are already eating enough protein. Fiber is like the next thing we really want to focus on. Fiber is important for so many reasons, but specifically for menopause, it's going to help maintain bowel regularity that can change as we get older. And it also can reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease because of how its relationship with cholesterol and removing cholesterol from our body. And also we have a higher risk of cardiovascular disease as we enter this phase of life, which is unrelated to losing body fat, but fiber for our health is really important because, you know, obviously we don't want to just lose fat and then have a heart attack, guys. Fiber is really important especially for that bowel regularity piece. Fiber also is going to aid in blood sugar management, which the first episode of this series, we talked a lot about the body composition changes and how the drop in muscle mass, the increased fat mass, the utilization of food, how we have more difficulty as we get older with blood sugar management, which means like managing our blood sugar levels throughout the day, especially as we eat and do activities. And yes, it's related to diet, but also it's related to a lot of the actual changes that are happening in our body. So fiber, when we think about diabetes and prediabetes and just blood sugar management in general, fiber is that first food, well, really that nutrient that we think about because fiber is going to help get fuller faster. Fiber is going to help actually impede the spike. So basically when we eat food, our blood sugar spikes up. I talk about this actually in the blood sugar episode, which if you want a deeper dive into blood sugar, highly suggest that episode, guys. But fiber is going to be really, really helpful for managing that blood sugar spike, preventing it from going super high and then dropping low, which also has a variety of positive benefits on our diet and our health and how much we eat, which is obviously all very important when it comes to losing body fat. And before you ask, good sources of fiber, just off the top of my head, are things like whole grains, whole fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. These are going to be fabulous sources of fiber. And I just always like to point out because a lot of my older clients do not eat enough carbs to begin with, because of diets that they've been on in the past, the only ways to get healthful sources of fiber in your diet are through wholesome natural foods. You can get them through supplements and protein bars and you know a lot of like the low-carb diet food products with it added in, but similar to the Mediterranean diet approach and similar to the first thing I want you to focus on, which is eating more naked, healthful foods, eating more wholesome, like whole grain products, fruits, adding in veggies and stir fries and casseroles, like these types of foods are going to help you manage your blood sugar because you're getting fiber through those wholesome natural foods. Plus you're getting all of the benefits of the antioxidants and all of the nutrients that you get in these foods. So it is just a win, 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 win. So now you guys know the five main things that I not only want to give you guys as tips and habits to implement in your diet and your life, but these are also things I just want to point out that I literally like, this is what I do in coaching. This is what I do for my clients. 
So if you are hearing these tips and you're like, I would love more information, I want to give you two pieces of advice of what to do next. The first thing that you can do is I highly suggest if you're ready to kickstart your fat loss journey in your 40s and you haven't watched it already, you are totally missing out because the webinar that I have is so thorough and is really going to help you with even more juicy information on how to lose weight, but really going to help you put all of this together alongside these tips. So obviously, in addition to listening to this Lose Weight As You Age series, highly recommend you click the link in the show notes and you watch the webinar that I have that is one hour long. You're going to binge that webinar. You're going to absolutely love it. And it's really going to help teach you a lot of the basics of losing fat that are so important as you apply a lot of these tips. The next thing you can do if you've watched this webinar and you're like, okay, I know a lot of these things, but I just need help actually crafting a plan for myself so I understand what I should be doing because you're having a little bit of trouble doing it on your own. I want to invite you to learn more and apply for 90 Day Fit Bay Body. That is my coaching program where you're working directly with me and my amazing dietitian team. And we're here to support you every week, hold you accountable, and strategically help you make these changes how to eat more healthful foods, what that's going to look like in your diet, where we would add it in based on how you're eating now. We're going to ensure you're eating the right amount of protein, creating these routines for yourself and really addressing these things in your diet that are going to maximize and expedite how fast you lose body fat. So those are the two things I would suggest. The webinar and the link to learn more and apply for coaching are both in the show notes below. And of course, If you did enjoy today's episode, please, 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 ladies, let me know. Leave a rating and review. Maybe share it on your Instagram story or shoot me a DM screenshotting the show. And you can tell me what you enjoyed about the episode. Otherwise, I will see you guys next time for part three of the Lose Weight As You Age series. Hey, girlfriend, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you'd like to learn more about eating right for fat loss and never gaining weight back, I'll be continuing this party on Instagram where you can find me at sorority.nutritionist posting inspiration every single day. Also, if you're wondering where to get started on your journey, be sure to head to the sororitynutritionist.com backslash quiz to take my free quiz that will tell you why you aren't losing weight and what you can begin to do about it so you can see progress faster. You can also find any other links and resources mentioned in the show at the sororitynutritionist.com under free resources. I hope you have such a beautiful day and I will see you next time, girlfriend.